All right, welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds today. Uh, we are talking with with Dan White. No, he, not Danny, we don't go by that anymore. Um, and we're doing this off the cuff today. I'm just, I'm hitting record. Usually I do uh, interviews before I do these podcasts, but I just, I don't know, I have a feeling today. Um, Dan is IT director at um, TVS Supply, correct? Correct. Am I getting this right? Okay. Uh, something with, uh, yeah, you do something important over there. We don't hide you in the basement anymore. And uh, I don't know, maybe just kind of give me a brief rundown. We're, yeah. we're talking about the history. We're talking about how IT's grown up, by the way, where, you know, a little bit grows up now. But anyways, give me just kind of a brief rundown of what you do first. Yeah, so I've uh, taken off the tinfoil hat, crawled out of the basement, um, worked my way up to be IT director these days. Um, I kind of imagine really that, like the, uh, I kind of imagine that like you, 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 when you say you crawled up out of the basement, that's, that can have kind of a horrific type of, uh, that, that's my idea in my head is, you know, we've kind of come out of the cave. Um, but yeah, keep going. Well, I was just laughing cause it's true. I remember early days is like, uh, you know, in help desk, right? Nobody wanted to really see you. You're just the guy downstairs. And unless something's broken, they, they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just fix my crap, please. Hurry up. Yeah, pretty much. I, I threw my laptop in a fit of rage. Um, and uh, I don't know, it just kind of broke. broke you know, uh, anyway. I, I love it because you get those ones that are like, I don't know, I was at the airport and I only dropped it about a foot. And somehow it broke the screen, you know, the keyboard <laughs> exploded. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't know if I've told this story before, but I had like my very first day on the job at this company called Airband, which was a, a fixed wireless microwave company. And uh, they gave me this brand new laptop. I was like wicked nervous. It was my my very first day on the job. And it was kind of one of those jobs that you took. And then when you walked in, you were like, wait a second, what did I get myself into? Because there's kind of like some disgruntled people. And the guy that had the job before me handed me his laptop. He said, hey, don't worry, you'll do fine here. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I awesome. walk out into the parking lot and I drop the laptop right on the corner, like perfectly, oh. fell, perfectly right on the corner, fall right down, boom, just like split open right in the parking lot. Very first day, I was like, oh no. And he had made a point of telling me, like, dude, they just gave me a new laptop, by the way, so you're going to like this. It was great. It was a ThinkPad. I don't know how long ago it was. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Very first day, picked it up, snapped it back together, kept it for another three years. I was just not going to sell it. ID department that day. Anyways, that was a side note. Keep going. We're going to get to what you do yeah. actually at some point. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> I did not turn it in. I was like, I cannot do this the very first day. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'll get some duct tape. This thing's going to work one way or another. But, you know, eventually what happened was, is I think I ended up actually really, really liking that job and loved fixed. I loved point to point. Uh, this is supposed to be about you, by the way, not me, but I ended up really, really liking that job. And I got to the point where I, I felt like I could just say, uh, you know what? I need a new laptop. Um, I don't know what happened to this thing, but um, we, we need a new one. Snap to it. Okay. Awesome. So, I mean, Anyways. See, this is cool. We're going to flip it around. This, this, uh, this podcast is strictly about you, Phil. No, no, so, no. Go let's, let's, please, please, <laughs> please go on, go on, go on. So we crawled up out of the basement. We got somewhere to where you're at today and explain what it is that you do now. All right. So uh, director of IT at uh, TBS Supply Chain Solutions. Um, it's really 3PL, third-party logistics, and that's what we do. Okay. Shake and move. 
All right, cool. Um, so we are talking, one of the, the anomalies that I'm finding nowadays is that most IT directors, IT leaders, CTOs, um, whoever you, let's keep security out of it. That's like really like in its infancy stage. But uh, most of you guys have not, or if I ask you, like, who are your mentors? Who are your big mentors? Or who are kind of these people that have kind of like grows you up along the way? And um, I would say 99% of you have no answer for that. And I, and again, it goes back to you crawled up out of the basement. So who was going to mentor those people anyways? You kind of just had fun figuring it out or doing what you do. And now all of a sudden you're important and it's, it's now actually cool to be in IT. But maybe kind of give me a, give me a kind of a, like, you know, how did you learn things the hard way? And there's no mentors around. So what did you do? Like, can you, amend, can yeah, you, amend, can you remember your big problems or can you remember like your, you know, your life issues that you ran into and how you dealt with them? Sure. Sure. For me, you know, I went through school to start with, you know, I always wanted to get into IT and computers. It was always fun at home. Right. Mm-hmm. As you grow up, yeah. you know, I was lucky enough to have uh, an instructor. She came from an ISP. So the first courses I, I took were Cisco courses back when, I don't know, 2000, something or other. Mm-hmm. But man, she was always happy and excited. It made mm. you excited and it mm. felt cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't sitting in there and it was this monotone person talking to you and just getting through the curriculum. And I think that a lot of that was, you know, she came from the real world, not just books, right? Mm-hmm. So that got me excited and ready to go. And then I get in the real world. And, um, uh, the first real problem I had was coming out of school, we used uh, hyperterminal way back when. I'm old as dirt here. Mm-hmm. And that's what you learned on. So I go into the real world and they set me up with putty and I don't know anything about putty. First time using it. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on this uh, router, just edge router, mm-hmm. ISP router. No big deal. <laughs> how, many, yeah. how many customers on that? <laughs> now here comes uh, the because I'm in yeah, internet, you know what I mean? I'm in internet, you know, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 99%, 99.999% uptime, which basically means uh, all of our customers spread out across the entire uh, user base that we have will experience, you know, some sort of minutes of downtime a year. It's really kind of a joke. But really what that means is that there's some dude working on an edge router and he shuts everyone down and then... Uh, we turn yeah. <laughs> so keep going. I can see where this is going. All right. So uh, uh, it's beautiful. And this is before the days where everything was locked down, right? As tight as it is. Not, not, you know, <coughs> it is what it is. Yeah. yeah no. So in hyperterminal, you know, you right click, copy something, right? That's just how you do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at an interface. I'm going to copy a different interface, put it in Notepad, tweak it, and then paste it back in, right? Mm-hmm. So keep in mind, I'm in putty. So, yeah, I highlight and right-click, and what do you think happens? Delete. I overwrite everything on that other interface. <laughs> Bloop. Yeah. Blip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah, that, that caused a little bit of an outage. And there was no one there to be like, hey, by the way, um, don't do this? Yeah, yeah, no no explanation. It's just, here's your stuff, go at it, you should be fine. Drink, drinking from the fire hose, like it? Absolutely. But you know the beauty of those scenarios you know besides the fact that your heart stops immediately mm-hmm. now you have to fix it because there's nobody there right yeah you gotta fix it fast too yeah so while that can be tough that's it's a good learning experience at the same time 
you get creative and you get fast quick. Uh-huh. And you remember, man, I remember those kind of mistakes. So further in my career, even 10 years later, I'm like, oh, yeah, don't do that. It really is so true when people say fail forward, because if you think back um, over your biggest learning experiences, they're almost, they're all, almost always uh, deal with adversity. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it really is. It's about, it's, it's almost always you're, you've been in a situation that's really stressful. You don't want to do it, um, but you forced yourself to do it anyways type of thing. Or, you know, or you just, you really had to kind of you know, push through it. I think that's why there's a lot of sports analogies and, and all this type of stuff because no one Absolutely. really no one really likes to exercise or get a leg broken or something like that. Um, well, and the reason I like networking or I went that route at the beginning is I got further into it and the community was so good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you drink from the fire hose, but there's a lot of people, usually outside of your own company, just all over the world that you can communicate with and talk to, and they help build you up and they help drive mm-hmm. you forward. Yeah. I'm sure that's in other, other industries too, but for me, it was, it was pretty amazing that way. Hey, just curious. What, so what happened when you took everything down? Like, uh, no, really. I mean, was there really no one there? I mean, this is an ISP. I mean, or was it an ISP at the time? Or what, I mean, what were you, were you working for an ISP? No, no, no. It's just an edge router. Okay, okay. okay. So so, I, 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 I took down a whole site. It's all good. Okay, just a single okay. site. Okay, I just I mixed up the ISP, which was your instructors. Yeah. Your instructors. Okay, okay. So so in this gig, we handled all the edge routers. You know, normally you can have the ISP do it, or you can do it. We we were handling them. Okay. But yeah, there was nobody around, nobody to ask. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. There's just people to. But I, I always keep things on the up and up. You know, I was like, hey, yeah, that uh, five minute blip. That was me. <laughs> okay. Um, how many people did it affect? Just curious. Yeah, it was only like 200. (laughs) (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) Uh, Which brings me to maybe that's kind of like a nice lead in. How many uh, end users do you manage right now? Uh, It's it's funny you ask that. And this one is uh, only about a thousand for our particular division. Now, maybe what well, you, uh, what I'm finding is the current ratio today, which I think this is like the the secret revolution that's going to happen. Um, what I'm finding is that most IT directors manage on a ratio of end users of about one to a hundred or a little bit more. So, do you have a team of people? So, if you're a thousand, if my ratio is correct, you have somewhere between three and five people. Um, actually. And it depends uh, on uh, it depends on software development. It depends on yeah. Know, there, I mean, there's a lot of factors in there. There's the, yeah. in my group as a whole, counting you know help desk. So it's help desk through the engineers. It was about sixteen. Yeah, wow. See, there you go. So yeah, you doing it right. Uh, yeah, I've learned a lot through my career. I can't say I'm always doing it right, but you know, you so, learn from your mistakes. So yeah, sixteen people supporting about a thousand. Um, what's um, you know? It, it just leads me. What's your say? Your single biggest? And if you can't answer any of this stuff due to some kind of uh, I don't know um, disclosure form or company whatever, just say uh, next question. Um, but what's your? What would you say your uh, teams uh, or? And it could be a past struggle that's no longer a struggle. But what's your single biggest uh, struggle, frustration, concern, or things that you would say you run into on a daily basis or weekly, monthly? 
honestly, it's not not so bad these days. People take vacations. Things run relatively smooth. Nice. Um, you know, in the past, it was your typical kind of um, for the team, not for the company, but the team dumpster fire. Um, uh, a leader had <laughs> stepped out, right? So there's a gap. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which kind of left them in a lull. So it kind of got to that point, and it happens in a lot of different companies off and on, right? Mm-hmm. You just get to that point where people have a thousand hours of vacation, things seems like they're always breaking. Mm-hmm. And what do you do to prevent that? Systems, proper, like uh, using technology correctly, obviously, but I, I, like, the, I like the dumpster fire. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard that one yet. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I know. In my career, I've dealt with a lot of those. Um, mm-hmm. Senior network engineer, I did a lot on the side. Or for arguing building data centers and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's the old analogy, you know, you, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time, right? Definitely you know, use that one plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's so true. But, you know, I came in, I said, hey, look, my goal is real simple. My goal is for you guys to take vacation. That's really the banner we ran, we were running under. So it's a great banner. Yeah. We work to live, right? We don't, we don't live to work. Um, Absolutely. Right. And and it shouldn't be, you know, I'm not saying there's not crazy people out there that really could care less about um, having any other life other than like you said, but they might be the guys that are, we're still slipping food under the door to the, uh, you know, uh, into the server room. Um, And that's fine. Uh, that was, uh, I think it was, uh, Aaron, Aaron Siemens gave me that one. He's like, yeah, you know, we should slip food under the door to, uh, to us. And anyways, the, um, it's fine that there's those guys like that. The the majority, I I don't think should be like that. We should be, you know, coming in, uh, doing our work, you know, going home at three o'clock if we need to and, and, and taking vacations. Um, it's, it's easy to get that way. Right. And, And it's not that, uh, it's not that the technology is terrible. It's it's just, you know, if there's not somebody out front really fighting for the team, mm-hmm. it can get that way, right? Because there's that gap between your real technical guys and then your C-level execs, right? Okay. Talk to me about the C-level execs a little bit. Well, I mean, let's, let's face it. What do they, they care about, right? They care about ROI. They care about customer uptime. Mm-hmm long as it equals money somewhere along the lines because you know and i'm not making saying that's bad that's their job right so how do you how do you translate this really cool awesome technical device that we need because we like it makes life easier say it's strictly for management right and i say management as in instead of uh, we're automating everything in it right so instead of aci and you name it right uh-huh I like where you're going with this. Keep going. Yeah. So on the surface, that makes IT's life easier on the surface. Yeah. But how do you translate that to a guy that's a C-level exec that he's really concerned about ROI and things that impact him right now? Yeah, please go. Because this this is the key. This is the question that everyone wants to answer. Which, In, in, other, words, in other words, what you're saying is, um, give me more money to make my life easier so I don't have to work as hard. <laughs> Yeah, basically. that's basically what you're saying. And you're saying, how can I ask you for this money when you're, they're going to ask you, well, um, how does it make us money and or save us money? <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> so along the way, you know, when you make that transition from from being a tech guy, right, or focused on a project in front of you, uh-huh. to now the guy in a, in a board meeting and mm-hmm. doing PowerPoint and glitter, as I call it, um, or pixie dust, you know, name your term for it, mm-hmm. without saying, hey, I want you to make my life easier and give me a lot of money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you get good at uh, making those trans translations, you know, uh, finding key points. Easy uh, one is, yeah. Let's do an example. Makes, makes our life easier, right? But you have these three other projects you want to do. I'll free up four guys' time to do that. And you start building that ROI in those little pieces, right? Let's um, let's kind of like uh, metaphorically whiteboard this real quick. Yeah. Um, give me absolutely. a hard example. Give me something that most IT guys would have a hard time selling to um, executive management because it seems like uh, just a uh, this is just going to be a cost that we need to you know uh, we need a uh, half a million dollars for this. I don't know. Do you, just give me a good example. All right. Um, I'll go back a little, a little further now with this gig, but a different gig. Um, we had a software platform, right? Typical thing. A little older. It worked, right? That's that's air quotes here. Worked. Yeah. If it ain't broke, but it was it was. It. Yeah, it was hell behind the scenes, right? So how do you pitch that? He because uh, right? hey, I want, want a million and a half dollars to replace it. It's going to take me a year. One point five. But it works for you. One point five million. Um, it takes a year to it takes a year to roll out. Are you telling me? Yeah. Yep. Okay, w- w- one year to roll out. Um, w- w- what was the old software platform? What was it sitting on? Was it a CRM? I mean, w- w- what are we talking about here? What was it? Yeah, ERP, right? Those, those are always hard to replace. Yeah. Oh, fun. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, old, old ERP system. Yeah. And why were we, um, I guess, why were we wanting to replace it? This is the big question. For you. I want to know why you wanted to replace it. Uh, yeah, there's many reasons, but from the... I would call it a, you know, again, you got to just keep me out of trouble here. This, this is not my current gig. This was a previous one. Yes. Um, burning platform, which is part of part of my pitch going forward. It was a burning platform. It was an old platform. Vendor support was not good. Mm. Right. So you're doing your best behind the scenes to keep it running. And we're not just talking about hardware. We're talking about, you, you name it, SQL programming in the application, um, couldn't do upgrades, right? It's kind of the typical scenario because it's been bastardized so much through the years that you couldn't upgrade it if you wanted to. So weird data, data, uh, data, um, data problems, uh, upgrades, yeah. you know, weird. You've never upgrade. heard of this before, right? No. Okay. The, yeah. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Now let me ask you this though. Um, and this is just, do you think a lot of IT directors or, and I'm not, do you think it's the 80, 20 rule? Do you think 80% of IT directors are just butts in the seat and wouldn't want to do it out of laziness and, or just would mean too much work. And, you know, there's always that 80, 20 rule, right? You've got, you got 20% of the, the kind of the cream that rises to the top. And then you've got another 80% of IT directors that are fine just showing up and managing the old crap. Um, would you say that that's like a potentially true statement and that a lot of people wouldn't even want to take on this project? It, it's risky, right? Because when you take on a project like that, you know, you're sticking your neck out there, right? Ah, risky. So it goes, well, great. If it doesn't, it's probably your job, right? Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. So, um, but hey, you know, if you're not willing to take risks, right, then you're never going to be able to, you'll never shine either. But um, that's true. Yeah. You'll just be the dude. You'll just be the dude in the server closet. We're sleeping, we're slipping food under the door, and, and you may be okay with that. But, anyways, all right. So, vendor support wasn't good. Um, just curious. Um, sure. What do you mean? Like you make a phone call and they tell you, hold on, we'll open up a ticket with who'll open up a ticket to maybe get it to John that knows what he's talking about. And that'll take a couple of weeks or what? Oh yeah. Yeah. You'd open a call, you'd wait and then, Oh, well the person that coded that's no longer here. You know, you're this weird fork in the you know branch and all those kind of typical things that, that they'll tell you. And, so we'll have to charge you more money and look deeper into it and come back with a patch that generally doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right, cool. Um, <clears throat> classic. Okay. So yeah. anyways, so you've got this, uh, as far as now. Okay. So that's, that's what you see on your end, a poor vendor support, yeah. um, data upgrades. It's, it's a total pain. Like every time you have to deal with it, it's just like, it's like pouring lemon juice or salt on a paper cut. And the, what is the rest of the people in your company think? Is it just business as usual or are they also annoyed and complaining or do they come in and it's pretty much transparent and they're like, Hey man, it's not that bad. Oh, it's, it's, it's the other thing you come across and it's amazing. What they, but I forget the term, you know, it's the dead body in the floor, right? It, it's shocking maybe the first day, but you know, after a few weeks, you just kind of step over it and move on. You don't even notice it. <laughs> Right. Wait, you've had experience with that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's kind of the <laughs> no, analogy we, we, <laughs> we use. Maybe, you know, you've seen some of these server rooms, right? Underneath that floor, there's a main, there's probably some old, some tech guy under there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I have pictures with, um, you see that a lot in nonprofits, people that just don't have money that, or they, they keep coming up with excuses to not use money to uh, put into IT. So I've had servers with, uh, you know, no cover on the outside with um, literally, you know, cobwebs on the inside and a fan, uh, an external fan plugged into a power strip blowing on the server. And if that went down, they would lose their entire customer database. And, you know, like, and there's no way to, you know, there's certain things that were burned onto the, I can't remember what it was. It was like, they had some kind of like a, like a serial number that was burned under the processor so it, it couldn't oh, migrated you know something weird like that so it was just like well we're just gonna you know just ignore the problem <laughs> but you know you, can, you just can't ignore it it's there's it's sitting there there's a fan blowing on it and um you what you, you lose that you lose everything anyways so yes that was the dead body on the floor that i thought that came to mind yeah uh, just to just to go off on a side tangent yeah i remember doing a data center where there was a it was a Cabletron hub, and and I was looking at the screen, and I, I did the calculation based on the days, and I'm like, wow, man, this thing has been up and running for 14 years, mm-hmm. and I just got to this place. They brought me in to take a look at stuff to do an upgrade. I was like, do not turn that off, ever. <laughs> <laughs> it will not come back on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what so, yeah. this was. This was, um, to be honest with you, I think this might have been, it might have been older than me. I was in there for a PBX 
um, like a, a PBX refurbish and the, the PBX actually was, I couldn't determine whether it was older than me or not. It was like off by, I was off by like a month. So it was like an old, you know, it was like an old Meridian that was manufactured in 19, that they started manufacturing in 1975 and I was born in 76. So, you know, I was like, well, it could be older than me, but they might've gotten it in 77. Um, anyways, that was, you know, and then I'm looking at this, that server with the fan pointing on it. You know, so it could have been much older than even even what you were talking about. But the whole place was littered with hubs, like something like 20, 24, you know, hubs and switches and bottlenecks. And it was a nightmare. But anyways, again, so, so Phil, about me. Do, do, you, <laughs> do you judge people based on that? I'm gonna I, I judge I, IT I, guys. I do judge IT guys based on it. And I had a hard time. I, I had I definitely do judge them. And I judge them as uh, kind of like, are you a pushover or did you not have the ability to, you know, stand up for what is right? So I think this, this person, um, I think he was kind of just like, you know, like, oh, you know, don't try to tell them to spend money on this and don't try to tell them. Uh, to don't rock the that. boat. You know, because they're just going to say no. And, you know, the very first meeting with operations was, you know, if you tell, you know, if you tell us to recable the facility, you know, you can just stop right there. You know, it was it kind of yeah. like that type of, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, and I was like, oh, crap. Because the first thing that was, that I was going to tell them they needed to do was recable the facility. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So in the back of my head, I'm yeah. like, okay, how am I going to do this argument? You know, so again, it was back to, it was like, how are you going to bring this to the board? Right. So, I How do you reframe it? Yeah, exactly. So I went, you know, I had to go crunch the numbers and look at, you know, they're spending, you know, something like 60,000. I mean, it was the total IT budget was like 84,000 for this kind of like one piece a year. Um, but something like 60% of that was spent on break fix. The 25 hubs, the 25 hubs, the 25 hubs. You do the research, man. You can find the ROI. Yeah. So long story short. Yes. Yeah, so long story short, after I presented to the board, you know, which definitely had recabling the facility, home runs all the way back to a server closet that was air conditioned, you know, not three different closets with uh, other people that store their stuff in there and walk around and kick something. Um, the, um, at the end of the day, the, the, the board, like one guy raised his hand, like this, this older gentleman, and I only say older because I know he really didn't have any clue like what, what I was talking about. Um, and I'm not saying that old people don't have any clue about technology, but he was like, seriously, like 82 and just didn't know. Like he, at the end of the day, he said, he, he said, um, I just have one question for you. Why would we not do this? Awesome question, you know, and it was just about bringing it all together and saying like, guys, like this is, a, you know, ticking time bomb. You're wasting money here. You're wasting money here and all the money that you're wasting. Like, you know, it would pay for everything, honestly, in 13 months. And that was a real steep, that was a real fast ROI. Sometimes it's like, you know, five years. Anyways. Okay. So we got dead bodies on the floor. We've got an old ERP system. Vendor support's terrible. Um, that's wasting your time. You've got, you're wasting time on weird, probably like, you know, um, SQL data mismatches and crap. And there's no way to upgrade something. And what if your business. Yeah, integration errors, business, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and they're used to stepping over the body on the floor. So what happens? Like you start putting together the numbers, like what's going on? Yeah. So 
in those situations, I'll put the numbers together on the IT portion, but then I'll, you know, I'll start sitting with operations or in this case, the finance team, right? Start asking those questions, start uh, trying to map out some of their processes. And during that, you know, process walk, as I call it, you start finding those, well, and then I export it into an Excel and do, you know, a few hours of manual work and you start finding all those little manual pieces, those workarounds that have been there for years that nobody notices because it's the way it's always been. Mm. And you're like, yeah, how, how much time do you spend on that? And you start taking those notes, you know, adding that up, gearing that towards your ROI. And, hey, you know, what would make this better? Or those, those kind of typical questions, you know, what's your pain point? <laughs> I can see it now. Um, you know, be careful when you go in to speak with Dan. You're not really interviewing to make the company better. You're really interviewing for your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, uh, there, there's this whole slew of crap out there that drives me nuts, like low hanging fruit. <laughs> Just I don't know. Anyway, again, I, I'm keep it on the up and up, and just. Yep. So, yeah. so, you, you, so you basically found a bunch of time people were wasting that they, you know, how would you like it if you didn't have to export that into Excel? And um, really what you're doing is you're being a good salesperson as much as people hate um, certain types of salespeople. And the reason why I think they hate, the reason why I think people hate salespeople is because they don't do this. Yeah. They're just trying to sell a square peg into a round hole that, and they're not willing to do the needs assessment and the deep dive and the true consulting, the true kind of, uh, I guess you could say like assistant type of buyer type of thing. Um, yeah. Cause at the end of the day, I, I, I find in these scenarios, you're not pitching an IT project, you know, in this scenario, I'm pitching a finance project, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're flipping it. You're speaking in their language. Yeah, it's, it's hard to learn. It takes, you know, time to get there, but eventually you do. You have no choice if you want to survive. So then, you know, I never go for the 1.5 million either. You know, a partner with, you know, the director of finance or the, or the CFO mm-hmm. in this scenario. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, you know, here's what I've found. You know, I'd like to take this to the next step, maybe do a POC, do some, you know, vendor discovery you got somebody that could partner with me and all I'm asking is for a little time and we'll go through it and come back to you. Right. Now you're saying this to the CT, uh, to the CFO. Yep. And when you say someone, I knew if I just walked in and say, Hey, give me 1.5 million, we'll replace it. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to get real far. Right. Dude, that's genius. That is genius. Do you have someone that can partner with me? Yeah, I mean, I have always. This is this is great, man. No, honestly, that's a great tactic. I have not heard anyone say that yet. I mean, obviously, I've heard of going to the CFO. Obviously, um, speaking in their language. Obviously, ROI. Obviously, um, always do a POC and make people prove it. But never have I had someone say, "Hey, CFO, throw me someone that can partner with me." essentially to make you look good or to make your job better or to help you save more money. Is that yeah. essential? Right. Okay. Yeah. So keep going. And, and, yeah. Cause through the process, right. Being a director, like you, you learn a lot about finance. You have to, right. You're managing budgets, all that good job. 
I'm still never going to speak it as well as somebody that lives and breathes breathes it every day, right? Okay. So getting that partner, not only that, but they're going to be deeper in the process and help me find even better ROI. So, you know, we, we spent time. We went through the typical, find the top three vendors we liked, got down to a POC. Um, How much time did that take? Uh, all said and done, we spent probably about three months. Okay. Just right. just research alone. Yeah, research and getting the POC going. Okay. How many people? Right. Was you and one other guy, or how many people were involved in that? Uh, you know, it's that where you kind of pull somebody in for a little bit, let them go back to their normal job. Yep. Right. Because you're trying to do it uh, on the down low, if you will. Right. Not a large <laughs> project. Nothing crazy. <laughs> Just discovery. That's that's what I love. Discovery. That's what we're doing. Yes. And, you know, and that finance partner you have is getting more and more energized, right? Because now they're, they're starting to see, yeah, man, that body is in the floor and yeah, it stinks. <laughs> yeah. And you're bringing them, you're making them, you're shining them up too. You're making them, you're, you're raising them up. Absolutely. Because <clears throat> at the end of the day, I, I, I'm not looking to be the knight on the white horse and all that crap, right? Because I know if, if we get it replaced, one, it helps the company, two, it help, keeps my guys from you know, killing themselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of that, you're looking for that win-win. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If it goes well, I keep my job. <laughs> okay, so fast forward. You guys, um, you guys eliminated uh, vendors. You found a guy that seemed to fit all the pieces correctly. Probably uh, did whatever APIs that you needed with systems. Yep. Would, able to, would be able to do the, tra the data translation or do the data move. And yeah, oh, you got it. Yeah, we went through all of that. that, that and, uh, and the key is, Remember the key of your POC, right? So <laughs> our POC costs a little bit of money. Sometimes they do, right? Paid POC. Okay. Yep. How much, was uh, How much did you guys pay? Uh, because of the, the degree that we wanted to go to. Uh, software development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you. part of the technic, if you will. We were, we were about 25000 in it. That's a pretty big POC. And negotiated with the vendor, of course, that 25000 gets rolled in the overall yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, because you're just gonna. Yeah. yeah, it's only if you fire them and say you guys really blew it. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so now you've got some skin in the game. Not a whole lot, but some. You've got uh, your POC, so you've proved it out. You know, you've got your ROI, and then when you take it forward again to the CFO for that 1.5 million, mm -hmm. right? You got one of one of his his own mm -hmm. preaching about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm preaching about it. The ROI was there. The ROI was... Uh, yeah, he's your insider. Uh, he's your inside yeah. source. He's, he's the guy that's basically selling it for you. You're just kind of like, hey, you know, yeah, this is great. Yeah, and he's selling yeah. it to his colleagues like too, this. right? Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we ended up with, uh, I think it was not too far from your ROI, about 14-month ROI on it completely. Mm -hmm. All said and done. Uh, we got sign-off on it. Rolled forward, ended up being a successful uh, project. Um, I'd be lying to you. I said the project was flawless. I don't think that ever exists. Technology never is. I always tell people no. um, technology is seamless. And um, whatever we do will be seamless. There will never be a mistake. And it will be absolutely perfect. All your dreams will come true. Yeah. And <laughs> what, what's the... We can do anything with enough time and money. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely. Uh, 
I learned that fast when I came from coffee to technology. I went from Starbucks to technology, and I my <laughs> I, my uh, my my first uh, like boss, so to speak, this guy named Jonas Fruget, who uh, it pulled me aside. And he's like, Phil, um, I don't know if you knew this, but um, technology is not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm used to like, no, every coffee must be perfect. Everyone must have their latte at 145 degrees. And if they ask for extra hot, it must be 165 with four and a half pumps of sugar-free vanilla. What are you talking about? It can't be perfect. Um, We're plugging Starbucks here. Wow. I'll plug them too. So so when I was a senior network engineer and I was traveling the globe, so I did global travel, going to Uh various places. Yeah, they should be paying me. What's up with this? (laughs) Go ahead. The only, the only one of the one of the things I could always find is a Starbucks. I'm in like Japan. I find a Starbucks, and then, absolutely, you know, they got they have different stuff, but they ha- always have a caramel macchiato. I don't know why. Oh, so I have to. Had an unhealthy addiction to some Starbucks for a few years. It's unhealthy in many ways. It's unhealthy financially, and it's just yes. absolutely horribly unhealthy for you. It really is. Do you know how much? Do you know what their highest calorie drink is? Last I checked. Uh, no. Last I checked, uh, a venti white mocha. It's like 900 calories. <laughs> 900 calories in one drink. Wow. And Don't get me wrong. I still drink a lot of coffee. I've just uh, gone to just plain Jane coffee. Yeah, mine's black cold brew. I, I drink black cold brew. <laughs> I'm very high right now. I'll be honest with you. My friend and I joke around. We're like, you want to get high? Which basically means let's go get coffee. Um, yeah. So like, if you want to be an engineer, you need to be okay with losing sleep and drinking a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I don't know where we were going with that. Oh, converse. Uh, I have no idea. But it's kind of something fun. about being unhealthy. And uh, hey, thanks Starbucks for making us unhealthy and, and robbing us blind. Uh, because no one ever thought, but we're plugging it. It's called five bucks. It's really five bucks. We used to joke around, you know, it's not even five bucks anymore. It's more like six bucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had people that easily spent $600 a month. They didn't, they didn't know. I I just calculated it, you know, because if you go in once or twice a day and then your wife goes in once or twice a day, and then you got a couple kids that you buy a Frappuccino every now and then it's uh, easily $600 a month. I think mine's like 300. Um, and I'm very well aware of it. Uh, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway. That's funny, man. Kid, kids, kids will do it to you. I don't know if you got kids, Phil, but I do. So I the whole kids. reason I found a simpler, simpler life, man. I went oh, from a gig doing 3000 sites and uh-huh. 60 different countries, yada, yada, yada. Now. Yeah. Simpler life. Yeah. I mean, that's why I started working uh, years ago. I decide I read the four hour work week. Um, and, and yeah. I, you know, and I was just like, you know, I, I wasn't going to go start my online internet, you know, business and, and do all that type of stuff. But the one thing that I got out of the, uh, the book was, you know, just ask your boss if you can work from home and say, I'll just do it as a trial period. We'll do a POC. Okay. We'll do a POC work from home. And what I will promise you is that I will produce 15% higher results, whatever those were. Um, um, if you let me work from home, you know, we'll just try it for two weeks. 
And of course I had all kinds of things sandbagged and ready to go aside and, you know, but I did, I, I way overproduced working from home because I wasn't in pointless standing meetings. I wasn't in water cooler talks. I wasn't in, you know, all these different things. Well, that was the one thing I took away from it, um, which eventually, yeah, led, right. you know, which eventually led to me starting my own, you know, my own thing and my own, uh, you know, go, kind of going on on my so, own. Yeah. But I have eight kids. Since, I have we're, since we're, since we're interviewing here, Phil. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, what's your opinion on uh, 100% work from home versus uh, you know, maybe 80-20? I think it depends on, I think it depends on the company, but I think that, okay. you know, I mean, obviously if you have a customer service driven company, like, um, well, it depends. If it's a call center, you can absolutely work from home. I, I totally yeah. agree. Um, I think it also depends on the people. And as long as you are, I'm big into kind of security and measuring and, um, um, expect what you expect type of thing. You know what I mean? Trust, um, but verify. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. And I think the more you measure, and I don't want to call it micromanaging, but the more that you measure and run reports and stuff and you keep everybody on the same playing field, you know, like we used to do a lot, I used to be in charge of security and asset protection as well. And we, you know, we put in security cameras and we start doing random till audits and counts and we'd start, you know, people like, Oh, why are you so, you know, why, why do you not trust us? Why do you, and we're like, it's not that it's, we, we do it for everybody equally across the board. And, and that's the key, right? Yeah. Yeah. As long as you keep it fair and you treat everybody the same and what, I guaranteed any manager, and I can still do this today in any small businesses, I'll guarantee any of you a 3% increase in revenue. As long as you just start measuring and you start treating everybody the same, you, I guarantee you a 3%, that's 3% guarantee, a guarantee. I mean, a lot of times we saw 10, 15%. Um, oh, yeah. So I do think- But well, that goes back to meaning, meaningful data though, right? Meaningful yeah. data. If you have to be on site because of some physical requirement, you have to be on site. Um, if you don't have to be on site, then I think a lot of people can work better from home. I know your office is going to be better at home if you work from home. I know that you're going to be happier, you know, working from home. Um, as long as you don't, you know, take advantage and you're that type of person that can be kind of self-driven, I guess. You know what I mean? And there's something to be said about it. 80-20, if there's like a team kind of atmosphere and, and coming into the office and being part of the team and all that is great. Um, but, you know, I do a ton via Zoom. I used to, all my sales meetings and our, um, I guess you would call it a uh, consulting agreements used to always be getting on a plane, flying, meeting face to face. And yeah. uh, to be honest with you, I get more done via zoom now and it saves other people's times and they don't feel obligated to, you know, do all this extra stuff. And, you know, for, especially for people like yourself where you need to, you need to get work done and you need to get back to the drawing board. And for me, it's more important to get back to family and getting back to, you know, um, uh, working to live, not, you know, not living to work. It's more important for you to get back to what you want to do than for me to take you out to some baseball game. And, and, you know, then we're going out to, you know, some guy, you know, I, I don't take people out to bars and, and do stuff like that. I just, I don't do all that. Extra no, stuff. no, we, I mean, here we, we run with that kind of family first attitude. I mean, we, we split it up. It's very much team, team oriented. So definitely like the team together, but at the same yeah. time, you know, work from home too. Cause, yeah, don't my, my thing is, if, there's if days where I'm like, thank God it's Monday. Yeah. You know, some, there's yeah, days where yeah. I'm just like, it's just so glad it's Monday. Just get me out of here. Where can I go? <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? so, uh, yeah. Yeah. But like, like if you got a guy that half his day is going to be on a call and meetings and not face to face, but just calls, yeah. why go into the office to sit there and be on a phone or, Look or, what we're doing or right a here. video conference or yeah. 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 It's a waste. Yeah. 
It's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's kind of a trust factor, I guess. Um, but I think, yeah. yeah, a lot of, a lot of jobs can be done like that. Um, and then there's days where I just, you know, I kind of wish I was back at the coffee shop, just being the local psychologist for everybody. <laughs> People <laughs> freaking out over, over, you know, you knew what everything. do you mean you're out of pumpkin spice? Yeah. Or it wasn't like, Hey, uh, Hey, you're out of jail. Awesome. And then, um, Oh, you're <laughs> you're no longer married to this person, but you're married to this other person. And now it's like, I mean, you literally see everything you see. Absolutely. But you know, everything. There is a parallel between that and like a help desk guy. Like if you talk to a guy <laughs> starting his IT career out and he's in help desk and he's going, you know, maybe upstairs or, or somewhere to meet somebody to fix something. You hear some amazing stories. Some of them you wish you didn't. <laughs> we used to, the, the, the Starbucks has this thing called connect, discover, respond. And, uh, you know, they had all these little like acronyms and stuff, you know, to, to help you remember, you know, maintain and enhance people's self-esteem, like star skills, whatever it was, you know? Uh, but yeah, that, that's what, that's what we do. Connect, discover, respond as a, uh, yeah, system, uh, you know, system help desk guys, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to learn all that stuff. Not to mention stuff that you see people do on the internet, which hopefully our people aren't that dumb anymore, but. Oh, uh, back in the day they were, but. Yeah. I just remember working for a call center. Yeah, I worked for a call center. There was no firewall. There was nothing. We all had our computers networked. We used to play like networked games of a whole game of civilization in one day, like all in the call center together, working together. It was awesome. Uh, it is awesome. You, you just can't do that now, right? Like no one's smart enough in your organization. No. Well, actually, actually you could you can because everything's in the cloud now. All right. I think this was an absolute outstanding, outstanding uh, show. Look, give me, here's one thing I want to ask you. Sure. Last question. And I usually ask a lot of people this. If there was one piece of advice since no one, since we don't have any mentors out there, if there was one piece of advice or anything you had to send out there to the other people in your situation or people growing up in as system admins right now or, or looking to, to grow and get into a leadership position and not just be the guy that we slip a tray of food under the server room door to, what would that piece of advice be? You know, never stop reading, never stop reaching out to people out there, be it LinkedIn, be it Twitter, be it what, whatever source, you know, um, stack overflow, right? There's, a, there's usually somebody out there that's in your same situation and maybe they've hit different problems and found answers to those, right? Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, networking. It, it seems like such a lame answer, but it's so true. Well, I think, you know, I, uh, every, every now and then I have, uh, through my fits of high caffeination, I have these ideas that pop into my head that I think are like amazing. And then I go buy the domain name. Um, <laughs> like I had this, one. <laughs> like I've got all these crazy domain names of like, there was just like an idea. I was like, I gotta see if that domain's available. It's available. And then it's just one of these things that becomes a renewal every year. Um, like I had a new, like, like need to believe.com. I had need to believe.com. That one's still sitting there. Um, cause I thought that I was going to, you know, anyways, um, uh, people that have worked with me in the past. No, I used to make, uh, people that were having a down day and that didn't look right, or they didn't think they could do it. I used to make them stand on a piece of paper and yell, I believe at the top of their lungs. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that are listening to the show that will remember those me forcing them to yell, I believe. Uh, but one of them was the uh, partnership method and partnershipmethod.com. Um, and you said it, um, it, you really basically hit on it perfectly. 
which is the need to partner with people. You can't do it all on your own. And the whole idea of this partnering with the, or going to the CFO and saying, hey, you got someone you can help me throw on this project. Um, that is, it's so, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen What About Bob, but he's like, it's so simple. Oh yeah. It's so simple, you know? Um, but that's basically what it is. Um, so anyways, uh, man. Yeah, it's been, stay yeah. humble and keep it on the up and up, man. If I, if I don't know, I'll tell you. Because yeah. if I hide it, how am I ever going to learn the answer? Well, yeah, and then it'll backfire, and you'll just look like I'm it'll just you know, yeah, that's, like that's the fastest smug. way to get fired. <laughs> um, yeah, or, or or you're the smuck in the basement now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, all right, we need um, <laughs> yeah, rainbows so, and unicorns, huh? You you're going to sell me that flux capacitor, are you? <laughs> Uh, it has been a great, great conversation, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. All right. Hey, I appreciate it.